You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Brooklyn. Step over this way, please. Get out of the line. Next. Passport, please. Welcome to the United States, ma'am. Dear Rose, I miss you and mother and think about you every day. The most important news is that I have a job and I'm in a boarding house. I was glad to see you finally got some letters from home today. <laughs> I wish that I could stop feeling that I want to be an Irish girl in Ireland. Homesickness is like most sicknesses. It will pass. Would you dance with me? I'm not Irish. So what were you doing at an Irish dance? I really like Irish girls. Baby, baby, I met somebody, an Italian fella. We're going to Coney Island at the weekend. But do you have a bathing costume? Why didn't you tell me to put my costume on underneath my clothes? I thought you'd know. Tell me. I want to ask you something, and you're going to say, oh, it's too soon. Will you come for dinner and meet my family? I'd love to. You like Italian food? I'm going to say splash anytime I see problems. Good idea. Splash. You just splashed his mother, his father, and the walls. Let's go again. Ready? I should say that. We don't like Irish people. Hey, hey. What? We don't. That is a well-known fact. Um. <laughs> it was sudden. When will they bury her? You want to go home, I guess. How would it be for you if I did go home? I'd be afraid. Afraid that I wouldn't come back. Yeah. Home is home. Ireland must seem very backward to you now. Is that Jim Farrell I saw? He's a catch for someone. I have a life halfway across the sea. Your life here could be just as good. If you go back, I have nobody. I want you to stay here with me. Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Brooklyn and the story is as follows. Young Irish immigrant Ailish Lacey navigates her way through 1950s Brooklyn. Lured by the promise of America, Ailish departs Ireland and the comfort of her mother's home for the shores of New York City. The initial shackles of homesickness quickly diminish as a fresh romance sweeps Ailish into the intoxicating charm of love. But soon, her past disrupts her new circumstances and Ailish must choose between two countries and the lives that exist within. The film is starring Saoirse Ronan, Domhnall Gleeson, Emery Cohen, Jim Broadbent, and Julie Walters. It is directed by John Crowley, written by Nick Hornby. Joining me for this special 2015 retrospective podcast Patreon review, I have Michael Schwartz. Oh, this movie is just wonderful. Spoiler alert. Nicole Ackman. Turns out Mary Queen of Scots isn't the only Saoirse Ronan movie I love. <laughs> Dan Bayer. I have locked the door to the bathroom so no one else can get in. <laughs> Cody Derricks. And forget about it, it's Brooklyn. <laughs> 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 I can't even do that. Without laughing. And if the entire Next Best Theater team was not enough, we also have our newest member to the Next Best Theater team, Casey Lee Clark. Hello. And Deanne Knighton. Hello. 
Oh my lord, so many people. <laughs> it's a full house. It's like you guys actually like this movie or something. No, we all think it sucks. And that's why we're here to just, you know, really criticize it for everything that was missed years ago. Well, I'll just start off by saying really quickly that I saw this film as a part of award season, as as one does. And I this was not a film that I saw at Sundance, even though it debuted at Sundance this year. Uh, in 2015. I saw it later on when it got its theatrical release. I saw it with my sister. And to be honest with you, I had low expectations. We were actually doing a double feature that day, I remember, with this and Spotlight. And I remember we saw Spotlight first, and I remember thinking, oh, that was pretty good. And then I walked into this, and I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this as much. You know, it just seems like a very simple story like i don't really like what's the hook you know like what's the hook to this movie that's gonna like really get me invested and i realized the hook to this movie is its simplicity is the beauty within the simplicity of its story and how it harkens back to the kind of story that like i feel i even though i did not have this experience i can't help but feel like this is a story that so many grandparents have told their grandchildren about how they met the love of their lives, especially as a kid coming from New York. I, I just feel like this story is so personal, even though I actually have no relation to it. And so that level of intimacy and the vibrancy that I feel for the characters in this movie and everything that Ailish goes through just develops such a strong connection with myself. I remember just walking out of the theater being over the moon gushing about this thing. And here we are now, a few years later, the Next Best Picture community has voted on Brooklyn to be one of the Patreon podcast reviews that we do for our 2015 retrospective this year, and I could not be any happier for it. With that said, let's do our best to pass this along. I'm going to try my best to keep track of you all, so if I lose track, let me know. But let, why don't we first start off, actually, with Nicole Ackman. <laughs> um, so I remember seeing the trailer for this movie come out and being like, yeah, that's it. That's my kind of film. Um Anyone who's like heard me on a podcast before probably knows I love a period piece. And then I actually didn't end up watching it until the summer during college that I spent living in New York City. And I watched it with my friend the day um, that we went to see Sarah Sharonin in The Crucible uh, on Broadway that night. And it wrecked me. And I watched it again. And I, I don't think I've seen it since then because I was afraid of rewatching this film. Um, I think for anyone who has moved away from home and has dealt with that homesickness and has dealt with that feeling out of place, but then going back home and feeling out of place there, that this movie hits hard. And I purposely didn't watch it uh, the whole last year uh, whenever I was living in London because I knew that it would hit me too hard. <laughs> And I just sobbed rewatching it. I this movie is one of my favorites of all time, and I just think that it perfectly encapsulates like what it means to leave home and go somewhere where you don't know people and try and forge your own life. Wow. Okay. Man, like th- there's gonna be some strong emotions. I feel like in connections and just really great stories to tell about this movie. I, I'm. I'm. Oh, I can't wait to hear everybody else right now. Why do we uh, keep it going with the ladies here, Casey? Well, I'm trying to remember. I think I saw this, like you, met with a double feature. I saw it with the Danish girl. Uh, oh, my. Um, oh. Wow. This yeah. one's the Irish girl. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think that says 2015 pre... It was, like, right before things were starting to get nominated for things, I think. Like, right as they were getting theatrical pushes and stuff. 
And I think I was more weirdly excited for the Danish girl. I don't know. I think like you, Matt, I had like low expectations for Brooklyn and I don't remember why, if it was like a trailer, if I thought it looked cheesy or something. And I was very much wrong. Um, I was completely charmed by it, completely won me over, cried, laughed. And yeah, like Nicole, I have similar of like moving from away from home and feeling that homesickness and whatnot. And it, so yeah, it definitely hit harder this time watching it than it did several years ago. But still, yeah, I think it's a beautiful movie and I'm excited to talk more about it. All right, Michael. So I saw Brooklyn, I think it was maybe three or four nights before it officially opened in limited release. There was a preview screening here in the Philadelphia suburbs that I attended. And this is back, you know, in 2015 Oscar season. I, like many of you on this podcast, were in the thick of it that year, just following the race and all the contenders. And this was like early November. So we knew what all the big festival titles were. We knew what, you know, was starting to take shape in the season. And Brooklyn seemed like a top contender. So I went in knowing all the buzz. This had been a big Sundance hit, and I was just excited to finally see it. And for most of the movie, I was thinking to myself, well, this is very good. I like it a lot. But just like Matt said before, there wasn't really that hook in that it was doing something unique or totally radical. It was just a nice movie. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's good enough. It just seems like a pretty well-made movie. And then this ending happens that we'll talk about later. And my heart just began to swell. And I couldn't stop thinking about it for weeks and weeks after. I went back to see it twice again in the theater. So three times total. I love this movie. Love it, love it, love it. All righty, all righty. Dan? Okay. So get ready. Um, I <laughs> I saw this movie um, a, a little over a year after I had, like, dropped my whole life and basically started over in New York, not intentionally on, on some parts of it, but it ended up being like a complete reset of my life. And so naturally I, I I mean, like I knew it was a story of an immigrant and it was a romance and, and blah, 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 that homesickness would obviously be part of it, but I was not at all prepared (laughs) for, um, for what, um, for what exactly the movie was. And it was the, um, like late fall, early winter of 2015. And I, at the time I was a little strapped for cash. So I went to see it at a matinee, a very early morning screening, which I almost never do because I can rarely make myself get out of bed that early. Um, and just was a complete wreck by the end of it. <laughs> I remember uh, walking back out onto the streets of New York and being like really, really glad that I had a 15 minute walk to the subway um, because I-, I needed that time to like let the wind hit my face and like wash the tears off. <laughs> um, this movie meant like, everything to me i felt it on such i felt everything in it on such a deep level um and really like having gone to see it mostly because of Saoirse Ronan um I mean she who of course just like you know knocks me out she's fantastic in this um I was but I was shocked at how much I loved the whole 
movie, you know, just as as a whole piece. Um, it and it, I don't think this is a spoiler for later in the podcast, but this is my number one movie of the year. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. very nice, Deanne. Oh, I was so bummed when I saw we had to talk about this movie. Like, <laughs> God. Finally, um, some dissent. Yeah, um, I also, this is also my number one movie of 2015. Yay! Yes! <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. I actually just rewatched this today. I saw it originally, interestingly, as a double feature also. I guess we were all just in like movie catch-up mode for the Oscars. I saw it with The Room. Which is kind of actually an interesting juxtaposition wow. of two like really insular, insular kind of specific focused films of like female driven characters with their own like degrees of adversity kind of next next to them. And in the case of Brooklyn, I think what you said well, Matt, and that I totally agree with, it's the simplicity and the kind of the lack of complexity of that film that I think is the most breathtaking, beautiful thing. I mean, from the mid, I just rewatched today and I had to split it up because I, my day was kind of crazy and I actually watched it in three parts and the movie kind of runs in three parts also. So it was kind of fitting to be able to kind of go through the three major chapters. Um, but wow, there is, you know, we, we spend so much time consuming media where the stakes have to get higher or there has to be some sort of overblown force, oppositional force, you know, pulling against um, whoever, you know, is in the lead role. There is something about the fact that, you know, outside of, you know, a little adversity from her mom and, you know, the busybody in town, outside of that, everything else is just a very kind of personal, true to life sort of um, view of what we have to, decisions we have to make and the push and pull of life. And I just think this movie is so beautiful. I, as I watched it today um, too, I was just reminded, you know, of the visual component as well. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. I can't believe this didn't get production design consideration. And I think the, I think the costume work and the coloring, some may find it off putting because it really is such a themed color palette, but I love it. And I love the way the fabrics and the color choices evolve with the character you know, very specifically as the film goes on, I, I can't turn my eyes away when it's on. I just, I mean, I think it's amazing. So yes, that two thumbs up. <laughs> and finally, Cody Derricks. Hi. Uh, so I'm not going to say much because everybody, I feel like we all had a kind of universal reaction and like situation in this movie where it was like, yeah, it was like award season. So I caught it in the theater, not expecting like a ton. And I was blown away. Like everybody else said, um, Matt, what you said about the simplicity of the story, I really think that's kind of its hidden like strength because yeah. I mean, it's it's full of moments that we all experience in our lives in one way or another, whether it's moving or feeling like you belong to two homes or light uh, romantic adversity. And it, it's almost like the moments in your life that are most dramatic, like you feel like would make a great movie and it put in a movie. So it's it, it's hyper relatable in that way. Yeah, I really, really like what you just said there, Cody, actually, in the sense that, you know, our lives are not battling Thanos to save, you know, the Earth and everything else. (laughs) 
our lives and the drama that we experience might be the death of a relative or having to move away from home, dealing with that pesky, annoying boss. Uh, it's it's such a it's such a personal film in so many ways. And I have to say, if we didn't have an actress of the caliber of Saoirse Ronan guiding us through this entire movie, there is a chance that the relatability of the story would actually not be enough to sustain us through the entire runtime. I think that Saoirse Ronan is part of the reason because of how empathetic her performance truly is. Uh, we really, really care for this character and everything it is that she's going through. And she has this unbelievable ability to not only make her singular through her performance, but also make her universal uh, by applying the writing that she's giving into her performance and translating over over to us where each one of us and each one of our initial reactions just now really just described um, a connection with this movie that at times feels universal, but also simultaneously feels so much like our own. I think the thing that really drew me most into this movie is that it just exudes this warmth. Like it, it, it is one of the rare movies that has a deep and abiding love for every single one of its characters, even the ones that are somewhat antagonistic. Which is interesting because this movie does not have a, uh, I would say a direct antagonist. No, it has, you know, little they're like real life scaled antagonists. Like, you know, it's the, you know, two gossips in the border house, the two gossipy girls who are like the kind of mean girls, but they have their moments when they're nice. Or it's, you know, the, the gossip back in Ireland who is just, you know, the mean crotchety old spinster who has nothing better to do than meddle in other people's lives. <laughs> but like even they they feel like you know real everyday problems uh, but everything is it's just shot and staged and written and performed with a real deep love for the characters and the situations and the places that they're in that like you can't help but feel that love when you're watching it, I think. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2015 film Brooklyn, part of our 2015 retrospective here on the Next Best Picture podcast. This is a Patreon podcast review, which you can listen to in full if you subscribe to our Patreon channel for $1 minimum a month. You will get this and other exclusive podcast content along with all of the other reviews upcoming for our 2015 retrospective. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate any feedback and support that you can offer to us. Thank you once again so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.